Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's the drink talking with the thinking drinkers, Ben McFarland and Tom Sandon, and mistress of wine, Sam Caporn. All the booze news and views from absinthe to Zinfandel. First for news, news for thirst. Hello listeners and welcome again to our podcast, It's The Drink Talking, where today we are recording in a new environment. We're in a, an office space, it's a charming corner office space with beautiful big windows. Workman opposite. Yeah, there's quite a lot going on, there's a lot of visuals, but the only reason to tell you that is because there might be some extra noises here. The mice might be getting into this <laughs> part might, of the office. It sounds like a kind of, you know that noise flashing. that urinal... Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. kind of... yeah, so a bit like um, on a science fiction film and there's that weird space hum. Yes. Um, but it's not quite as exciting as that. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, just bear with those extra noises as we go through our fantastic podcast. We're going to be tasting drink, talking about drink, pouring drink <laughs> into your ears. Yes, <laughs> yeah. nice one, Tom, no, your I signature like intro, I like it. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that before. Uh, <laughs> my name is Tom Sandham, I'm uh, the spirits expert and today I am... Hosting, that's a very glamorous term for what anyone does on this podcast. And I'm with Sam Caporn, Mistress of Wine. Hello, Sam. How Good are you? Good morning. Very well. Good. And Ben McFarland, our beer expert. Good morning. Good How are you morning. doing? I'm okay. Yeah, all right. Although my hernia's been playing up. You do not have a hernia. I do. I've had a couple of hernias. Have you? Yeah. I had a big operation a couple of years ago on them. Why has it gone um, back? Did you have mesh or surgery? Well, interestingly, the consultant said that... Um, he did the repair work and they put a big mesh over part of my That's why it's not working, organs. they're rubbish. You need to speak but, to my father. Well, no, then it popped out again. It came up above the mesh. That's because mesh is shit. Yeah. The consultant you need said, surgery. Is it like a bubble in a it carpet? Was, it was surgery. It was keyhole surgery. But oh, then he said he wanted to have another look just because he was curious as to why there was mm. another hole there. My dad is a general surgeon and has an, a lot, does a lot of hernias. He's sadly now retired. But he says mesh is shit. Oh, it's good to know now, because they stapled that in, and it was quite a large piece of mesh. Can we not bring your dad out of retirement? One last farrah. Give it a go. Ben, Come round, are, you're all right. Are you? you well, no, you, I fell you, down the stairs today. <laughs> oh, I'd give God, you an opportunity you yeah. to talk about no, that. No, I had a terrible start to the day. I picked up my little uh, one and a half year old out of his cot, carried him down the stairs. He talks to me. He's very lively in the morning, and I, I missed that. a step. Or. Mm. <gasps> Yeah, Did you drop happened. the baby? No, I quite heroically kept the baby aloft 
Were you um, not holding on to the banister? No, <laughs> heroism or just the done thing. No, yeah, it's a done thing, yeah. If I'm able to work away of him cushioning my fall, I would have done it. But I actually landed on the, um, you know, you have those baby gates and they have the yes. girl on the bottom yes. that go. I haven't shown you this. Oh, oh so it's not like you're a bad way rushing. That was, actually, yeah. it does look quite bad, actually. Yeah. I was chuckling at that story until I saw the yeah. uh, evidence. What, was your, what would your father have said to that? He'd have said, um, Shut up, Glass wine. Wine. yeah. <laughs> Well, it's quite funny because when I went upstairs to get my oldest son's clothes and brought them down to get him dressed, as I walked down the stairs and walked into the hall, he went, well done, Daddy. Mm. You didn't fall over a second time. He knows the limits of your skill. Okay, here we go. So that's our week, listeners. Uh, And also it's my drinking arm, which makes it Is that mostly what you use it for, Ben? I'm not so sure. No. I had a highlight, chaps, yesterday. I met a bona fide listener. Oh, oh right. okay. so did I. Hang on, did yeah, go, on, go on. No, I'll go on. I'll go first, shall I? So I was tasting yesterday at a competition, judging, called the Sommelier Wine Awards. And I was just about to leave, first out the door. I like to taste fast. And um, a very nice chap came up to me, called Harry. Hi, Harry. And um, said how much he liked the show. Mm. Good. It wasn't related to me. Hadn't paid him. Brilliant. It's and working. Is he, and he's in the wine world. Working, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I was yours? in a pub um, at uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I was at a pub Mother's Day Express <laughs> Tavern in Kew. Really nice pub. And two guys came up to me and went, "You're Ben." That was just a bit weird. <laughs> and they'd come to see the show, but they listened to the podcast as well. Yeah. Yeah. And they said they really like it. And he said we should do cider. Oh. I didn't have the heart to tell him that I know. No one knows anything about cider. <laughs> well, apart from our own cider. Of hobo, course, we know a lot hobo, about our hobo, hobo cider available in all good uh, online drink shops. People are listening. Learn, learn about cider quickly and do cider well, drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll I think that's in it. our capabilities. Right yeah. I think it might be your... Oh, Apples. Because yeah. uh, actually... Apple wine, I can, yeah, it's a friend of mine who I used to work with does actually have her own cider company and actually my sister-in-law also works for a cider company Gospel Green and my friend is called Little Pomelo. So mm. I'm sure I can get we'll some samples in and we'll look into yeah. it. We'll do, well, let's actually, do a cider tasting. Uh, cider making is closer to wine making than it is to brewing. We will do a cider tasting within the next six weeks, two months. Six a weeks. nice summary tasting. If, no, we're, think, still, if yeah. we're still on air <laughs> yeah. after this rambling, uh, shall I go on to my spit or swallow? Please do so. Okay. Go on. I'll swallow first. Uh, I'm swallowing women. Oh, uh, God. They are, no, they're all over the news. Uh, we just had International Women's Day, uh, Mother's Day, International Women's Day. I, I don't know if anyone here heard about it. It was quite, yeah, they I made did. quite a big noise. Uh, they're good at that. Can I tell really? you, the, um, <laughs> they had quite a few um, things in the paper about everyone posting stuff about, oh, look at all our great women working yeah. for us. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Although, actually, all women have been working for free pretty much all year until Women's Day because of the gender gap, pay gap. Right. What I did really like was BO running flights with women-only pilots. Yes, I saw that as well. It was a very good publicity stunt oh, because yeah. that is all it is, a publicity well, stunt Well, I agree, and women. I did wonder if they were being paid the same as the men, and, but I just thought I'd either, wouldn't it? But yes, I... Um, oh, there was a tragic story. One of the pilots said she went into a school to do a school talk, and one of the little boys said, oh, this lady's a pilot, and his mate turned around and said, no, women can't be pilots. <laughs> well, actually, that was really interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah, There's a thing, mm. in the, I was quizzing my son on the car this morning on the way to school. He was saying that even at a really young age, children decide what gender you can be to be a job. So apparently, beauticians, nurses, vets, perceived as being jobs mm. for women, whereas surgeons, lawyers, whatever, and pilots yeah. would be, would be perceived man. as a male yeah. job. So I was doing a quiz to my son in the car this morning saying, you know, what did you think of vet was and he was saying man or woman what do you think about a pilot man or woman 
nurse, he said man or woman. He did pretty well, actually. That's surprising, because I'd yeah. say definitely women. We- <laughs> 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 so but a dustman, I've never seen a female dustman. Have, oh, they're, 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 they're big in Spain, true. actually. They're, they're, yeah, and they're really glamorous. Uh, they all dress up and wear makeup. and mm. They're on the streets at 5am. What else have they been doing? <laughs> <laughs> All made up like that. Anyway, so that's women. Women are, are important, obviously, <laughs> uh, and they managed to organise an entire day for themselves. So pat on the bum for that. Well done. <laughs> um, that was uh, directly taken off from Viz, who put a letter out. That was a very good letter. Well done, Viz. We do love Viz. But anyway, I don't know that women need massive championing in our industries because there are great women who've been doing things for a long time. And as we've discussed on this podcast in the past, women have a better palate. The men, it's been scientifically mm-hmm. proved. So I think they are already doing quite well in the world of spirits. But even so, it's good to sort of give them an extra pat on the bum. Um, <clears throat> but also because they have announced the winner, so I'm not uh, ruining anything for anyone. But the World Whiskey Awards. One of the big winners there this year has been Banahabin, or Banahabin. They've picked up a hell of a lot of awards in the um, Isla category so best 12 year and under 13 to 20 years for their 18 year old and 21 year old and over for their 25 year old and their no age statement so four key awards and the reason this is relevant is because of the distiller there Kirsty McCallum Dr Kirsty McCallum another great Smart woman cookie. in the doctor. industry and a doctor and she's making this stuff and when you're going up against some of the big hitters on Isla Isla Whiskies. Mm. Uh, you've got Ardbeg there, Lagavulin, which mm-hmm. we're massive fans of. There's a lot of great whiskey there. So to have done all of that, well done her. <laughs> well done her. Well done her. <laughs> Non-petrolising. Uh, but yeah, it's difficult not to be yeah, though, isn't know, it? Well, that's I the know. thing within the drinks industry. Johnny Walker launched uh, the first ever Johnny Walker label with a woman on it instead of a man. And there was a mixed response to that, wasn't it? Was it? Jane it was Walker, a, wasn't it? It was called. Yeah, and yeah. It, it seemed to elicit a lot of... Um, disagreement with mm. some women who felt that it was quite patronising. I think it's a fine line to tread between celebrating women and well, actually just um, patronising them. did this thing as well. They released this thing called Pink IPA, a, a lady's version of the punk IPA, but it was an ironic stab at people who, who do just that thing. Mm. But that in itself backfired because it didn't really move things on. Speaking from the beer world, any attempt to produce a beer aimed at women has been an unmitigated it, disaster. It, the, the thing is, it can't help but fall into like gender stereotyping because the whole point is anything like a beer or wine, anything, should be gender neutral. Mm. Like It's just, you know, everyone's different and mm. what you like isn't really according to your gender, it's according to your palate. So then to make something pink... If it's ironic, I'd say that's quite funny. But even so, it is the base saying, girls like pink. Mm. Uh, you know, and actually, that is definitely nowadays a kind of thing we're trying to step away from. Mm. And even going back to, like, women in the industry, if you think of massive uh, multiple grocers, I would suggest most will have be run by men. Mm. And if you think of even, I think probably buyers is fairly, <coughs> fairly mixed. But I still think in most parts of the alcohol industry I'd be surprised if at the very very top you know sitting mm. on boards and whatnot there's yeah. definitely not more majority well, I mean, of certainly when it comes to making still. it there are a lot of women yeah, when now it gets who are controlling the flavours that we're yeah, enjoying lots of so. brilliant women winemakers champagne makers brewers all that kind of thing. there are women brewers yeah lots of women brewers I mean Sam in your experience mm. have you ever encountered prejudice as a woman within the world the wine world have men behaved badly do you, if you think you would have got further in your career, and you've got very far, you've done very well, Thanks, considering. <laughs> uh, no, against, against all odds. Against all odds, not the gender, um, just generally. No, 
I don't think so. Okay. No, I'd say um, there's a couple of jobs. I suspect if I was a guy, I would be paid more. But that's completely unsubstantiated. That's just, okay. that's just a gut instinct. Okay. But they probably just, I don't know. Well, I think we should name names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who is on the page? Don't caveat this shit. Uh, Come on. I don't know. I'd say not really. But I can't help thinking that in the world in general, guys generally get paid more Oh, yeah, more absolutely. Money. That's been proven. But it's just, uh, it was just interesting so in I'd the wine so- world where I probably think yeah. it's... Out of the beer, wine, and spirits, I'd imagine that's the least. But when you but when you start working for larger companies, which arguably is a wine company, but is operated like an FMCG, mm. they're not getting into down that area. I'm okay. Arguably. Well, it still exists. More women's days is what we need, isn't it? Every you know, day, yeah. every day, day is a woman's <laughs> day. As I said to my wife. Yeah. So that was my swallow, women. Plenty of other women in the industry in the world of spirits. Uh, Joanne Moore at Greenall's, she's making great gins like Bloom Gin. Joy Spencer, Appleton Rum. Appleton Rum, one of the great rums of the world. Jamaican Rum, she's a very talented woman. Lorena Vasquez as well at um, another rum at Zacapa Rum. But the original brewers were women. Well, of course. They all met Brewsters. Mm -hmm. It was originally the domain of the female... Well, it'd be Part perceived as domestic. Exactly, and then uh, it wasn't, it wasn't until it became commercially <laughs> viable. Then I think it might have been. Of course, it was all seen as part of the domestic Dick duties. duties. Well, yeah. okay, different times, <laughs> different times. You know, men were out hunting dinosaurs and, and that and chasing hmm. stuff with spears, whereas the women had <laughs> their roles, and brewing was very much part of that. And they also were seen as having a spiritual link to the gods because they thought the gods were giving them alcohol, the right. fermentation. That's enough of so, uh, women. ham-fisted attempt at history there, <laughs> which started with men and dinosaurs. Uh, this is a distinct uh, issue Look, of extinction <laughs> you've kind of overlooked. Uh, but that's my swallow. I don't want to be patronising. And we're not just doing it for the sake <laughs> well, of it, you know, just to show that we love the ladies, you know, because we're really right on. But, uh, yeah, that's partly the reason I did that. <laughs> Anyway, my spit is Russian leaders, particularly oh. Vladimir Putin, who poisoned some people. Allegedly. Before we start this, let's have allegedly overarching this yeah. whole thing. Let's do what Theresa <laughs> May did, though, and call him out. Yeah. <laughs> there's a ballsy woman. She did it. She called him out. Like, there's going to be trouble if you are responsible. We don't know if he is or he isn't. We do know that there was some state-funded drug implications with their sports, though. So when it comes oh, yeah. to putting <laughs> toxins into other people... They're not backwards about you know, they, forward, they, they have four. Yeah, um, they do. There was a documentary on that on Netflix. So I'm pretty sure that's all accurate. Vlad, if you're listening. But he doesn't put toxins into his own body. Now, Ben, we were talking about this a bit earlier and you were slightly disputing it. But disputing he has, it. He's disputing it. Yeah. done there. Yeah. Well, it's kind of... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he apparently has come out recently and said he doesn't drink. Now, you've, you've heard something to well, contradict he, this previously, I, but I think this is a recent yes, change he, in lifestyle. Um, I think he went to university in East Germany and became very fond of a beer there that then Merkel kept on sending him as a gift because he has a real taste for it. Whether or not he drinks it or not, I don't know. Right. But I think he has drunk in the past. But I now... think he doesn't not drink. He's not a complete abstainer, it should be no. said. Mm. Uh, Putin does apparently drink only at formal receptions. So is, he does have a big abstinence around it though he says he tries to stay sober for religious reasons he's got a quite a serious health regime interestingly and this could be a dubious source but getty images were on the <laughs> on the web page so i'm going to use that as my fulcrum for fact 
he has a strict routine. He sleeps into the late hours of the morning, though, on a daily basis, so he's not an early riser. doesn't really eat his first meal until noon, and then he has an omelette. Even though it's lunchtime, he still has sort of breakfast things like omelettes and porridge. And he doesn't drink coffee until after his breakfast, which seems like a strange How do you decision to make. I'm going to drink it, but just not till after I've eaten. But he cannot be served milk products when he travels, and any food served to Putin by a host must be checked. So yeah. an actual official taster just that's like brilliant. the czars yeah, yeah. that's amazing considering what's going on at the moment yeah he obviously feels slightly paranoid about what was the restaurant that this guy was allegedly poisoned by putin allegedly Zizi. Was it yeah was it i felt once found a snail in my salad in zizi's but i think that he should possibly take a, a leaf out of uh, boris yeltsin's yeah book. he was a very good drinker he was a massive drinker and it didn't do him any harm <laughs> uh, so perhaps he should get on the vodka we did a bit of reading around Boris Yeltsin for our show actually one year and um, one of the interesting things about him was he was quite a wayward child and when he was a kid he was mucking about with a hand grenade and it blew do. his finger and his thumb off which is interesting because I've, no, yeah, I've never really noticed that about him if you see him in pictures look closely and uh, he hasn't got, got a finger digits thumb. going. but he did drink a lot there are various stories about his drinking escapades one of our favourites was when he stayed at the White House as a guest. He was drinking quite heavily and snuck past Secret Service bodyguards in his underpants and hailed a taxi and went out for a pizza. I mean, what a yeah, He was brilliant. What a ledge. He could be one of our legends of liquor, but he did Are have a Are you sure he hasn't been already? No, I, I don't think we could I really I think we've talked about the Russians up. before, but... We can't really stand him up. He was... Uh, Neither can he, really. Yes, very good. Was he he basically an alcoholic? I think Uh, he probably was. Well, I think in Russian standards, no. But (laughs) global standards, probably Probably yes. He said Bjorn Borg's face looked like a plate of meatballs. Yeah, he not only just said that, he said that at a conference in Sweden. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just just talk about, you know, the the guy who set up IKEA who recently died? Mm. I didn't know he recently died. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I mean, he. I thought there was going to be loads of IKEA sort of flat pack yeah. furniture gags yeah, on yeah, Facebook. It wasn't, been. but he said that when he was trying to open at the first IKEA in Moscow or St Petersburg, he had loads of meetings with the Russians and they were drinking lots of vodka throughout it. And he actually says he developed an alcohol dependency. While really? He was there. It, it just not too okay, I mean, they just said that the vodka was day in day out, right. just part of the ritual. And he said he found it really difficult, which makes it me think that Putin. He must sit down at big kind of mm. conference tables mm. a lot mm. with lots of people offering him vodka. So he must, well, that's uh, what Stalin did, didn't he? He insisted that his yeah. board sat together until five o'clock in the morning when they were writing policy and just drank excessively so that he could get what he wanted through. So, yeah, it's probably a good thing. I mean, I put <laughs> well, down Stalin's my not spit, the role model, really, is he? But if, if Putin but... did give me anything to drink, I would be spitting it, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> or I'd have an official taster. So that's my spit or swallow. Excellent. Um, we are now going to move on to something we could spit or swallow because it's a, a wine tasting with you, Sam. Yay! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to It's the Drink Talking. So for this week, I am going to taste a red wine and a white wine. And what I thought was I would taste a couple of more esoteric grape varieties have you run out of the big ones? <clears throat> no, I haven't run out of the big ones at all. But I just thought it's Easter in a few weeks. So I thought uh, most people are having lamb. I think I'm going to try and abstain this year. Mm. Why? We... <sighs> you know what? Every year, this happens every year. We live in the country and they've always got their little lambs up in the biodynamic My farm My son's just us. been to a lambing at they're the s- local farm. They're it's, so cute. Yeah. And I just every year I go, I don't want to munch a lamb. Mm. Every year really I smell are. the lamb yeah. cooking and I always... Go back on my word and eat the lamb. This year, I've said to my husband, I'm categorically not eating lamb this Easter. Why? Because they look cute and fluffy. Because, you know what? They are children. I mean, it's... Yeah, it sounds really um, (laughs) hypocritical because I'm... They're they're children, children. but they are sheep. I know, but they're They're baby sheep. They're little sheep. They're They're sheep children. Uh, So for me, I am not going to be eating lamb. However, I've got a white and a red. And rather than recommending Cabernet, because normally with lamb, you'd recommend a Cabernet Sauvignon because Cabernet is quite minty. So if you think of lamb and mint sauce, a Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect uh, match for lamb. So there is another option. But I thought Mm. I'd do something different than go with the tried and tested, Mm. let's have a Cabernet Sauvignon. So I've got a red wine made from Giraffe. Which actually makes me chuckle because apparently it was propagated by a guy called Dr. Giraffe. It just sounds like something out of a Bond film. So um, we'll give that a go. And then I've also got another esoteric wine for the white, which is a ferment. Now that's got okay. to have mint in it, hasn't it? It's got it on the label. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So let's pour the first one. So we're going to pour the... So there's um, no connection the between oh, either okay, of so these the wines white. other than they go well with lamb. No, there's no connection this is a white between. Wine. Yeah, there's no connection. You can't have white wine with lamb. You are if you're vegetarian and not having the bloody lamb. Oh. <laughs> oh. So we're catering for those who are trying not to eat the little gambling lambs. Right. This so is a good idea. We're just doing two unusual grape varieties for Easter. One white, one red. The first one is from the company Royal Tokai. Tokai, Tokai from Hungary. We have had a Tokai, but no, we've had the white. So normally Tokai is a sweet, luscious, rich Mm. pudding wine. And the main grape varieties in it are Ferment and Hazlevlu. I beg your pardon? Mm. (laughs) Hazlevlu. Hazlevlu. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Have a couple more glasses of this and then you can say that to your missus. Uh, Or to you, Sam. I'll tell it to you. Or to me, even better. So this is um, a dry ferment and they've said on it specifically that it's dry because normally ferment is in sweet tokai. And so it's the great variety is ferment. It's 2016 
ferments quite neutral, quite high acid, which is why it works very well in Tokai. And this one's had a little bit of oak. That is bone dry. Is that dry? I can't. Wait a minute. I don't know. It's oh. pretty acidic. Right, the clue is the... dry ferment. I think mm. we can safely assume it is dry. That but is dry. Still quite... I don't know. My tongue's... See, I like that. And, and this is um, quite a smart wine. So this is exclusively for Sainsbury's. So it's Sainsbury's taste are different. So it's £10 a bottle. What? Yeah. Beautiful. Crazy talk. Beautiful bottle. It's got Tokai embossed on the bottle. It's got a long neck. Well, that doesn't earn it £10. But can you... you can, um, <laughs> It's got a royal crown on the front, I oh, suppose. Oh, I like it, actually. <clears throat> it hasn't got loads of really obvious fruit flavour. It's quite restrained aromatically, but you've got quite a lot of spice. It's basically fermented in stainless steel, but after fermentation, half goes into oak. So you get... Um, and then they mix it together again. Yeah. I think it's, so it, it smells smoke. quite oaky. Yeah, but then it, does. it doesn't really... So what would you vanillins and caramelly? None of those sort of. But the finish is lovely. Like you can taste it for ages. It's it's really growing on me. That really, that really lovely texture. So it's kind of just lightly spicy, very fresh, quite elegant. I think this is a slightly unusual wine. The whole point of this tasting. And it's cool. You guys say what would you eat with it? Yes, I was going to say what would you have with this if you were a lamb denier? Oh, crikey! I think you could have loads of things. I think because of that acid, you know, it can cut through lots of things. I think what would be lovely with this would be a a spring green risotto. Risotto. Yeah, like imagine like a really nice creamy risotto with like broad beans and peas, maybe some artichokes. You know, something really yummy. And then this citrus acidness would cut through the richness and the parmesan and the butter. But they've got that texture on the finish with a bit of um, a blue cheese the salad spice. might be quite nice with this. I'll tell Ooh. you what, a dash of sage and um, something peachy. Really? You were reading the back of the label. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it's got oh, some yeah. nice herbal notes in. Is that new to you, chaps? Yeah. I'm assuming I you haven't tried quite, a ferment like before. Still... The jury's out for you, I can tell. No, 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 I'm still not um, quite drink. sure what it is. As in, mm. if I went into... The off license mm. or majestic, oh, yeah, or yeah. Sainsbury's. Yeah, obviously, I'll be asking great. the name of the wine style is ferment. Is it the grape is ferment? The grape so rather is than ferment. having a Chardonnay or a Sauvignon, to Hungary, pretty much. Okay, let's so say ninety-five percent. I think you so get Hungary's another. Famous Eastern. for the Tokai dessert yeah. wine, which we tried. Yes, and this is their second most famous. So sort of style. Tokai. The grapes that make Tokai are Ferment okay. and Haslevlu. They're the two grapes. Okay. And there's another one as well that goes in there I'm as well. I'm not ordering a because everyone would just... Forget that. And it's, <laughs> give me it's a handkerchief. A, it's a nightmare to spell as well. But yeah, so basically the Ferment is the grape. So like some wines you might go and it might have a Chardonnay on it or a Cabernet. Okay, this so. Ferment is the grape variety. The company is Royal Tokai and it's Sainsbury's Taste of Difference Dry Ferment. I've never heard mm. of that. No. I reckon after a while that's, that's going to come down because I think a lot of people are going to look at that and think, I don't know what that is. And then I think the £10 price point will, will yeah, drop yeah. after a few months. Well, I like it so, so much, I'm going to skull the rest of this oh, as good. you pour the next it, one. It is lovely, and I do yeah. think that it's a grower. I think when you have a glass, and I think it's probably a food wine. Like, what I do percentage think is it? I'd have it with I'd have it with twiglets or peanuts okay. before the but you meal. have everything twiglets yeah, and peanuts. Yeah. Well, so it's you know. a go-to. <laughs> but did you? But then, I think that's very elegant, and, a bit different, mm. and also it looks very smart. So it'd be nice for a gift. So if you're going to someone for can you give a taste of difference? Easter? No, as a gift. No, I mean, you, you can't. can. You can't. I'm sorry. Really? So Sainsbury's on the front. Guys, that's a bit snobby. No, I mean, I think they're great. I think I the range know is great. That, I wouldn't know that someone had paid right. £10 for it. That would if, I, if I'm gifting wine, I go for something cheap and unknown. Okay. <laughs> now, look, guys, tell me what you think about this bottle. Oh, my God, it's so heavy. 
Oh, I've, oh, I've tried this no, before. No. Oh, have you? I think it's I trying like a, a bit It looks like a uh, sheriff's badge. Yeah. It does look like a sheriff's badge. It's not rusty, so the second, but um, The second wine we're trying is another slightly left-field grape variety, and this is called Durif, spelt D-U-R-I-F, and it's Burton Vineyard Durif, available at um, Audi for £7.49. Okay. And um, so point. this is a nice price point. Now, boys, what do you think about the colour? Well, first of all, can we just deal with the name? Durif Ferment? They do both sound like cleaning products. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm not sure about their, their name. And also, just on it's the bottom, I think it, it looks sleek and um, quite sort of sexy, and it's got a silver plaque sure on the front. I don't know if it's just trying a bit too hard. It's no, I think that's all right. I think that's on the right side. Away with it. Also, just to describe um, it to the listeners, because this is an audio medium. Yeah, so yeah, it's a long, uh, skinny bottle in a, a Bordeaux bottle, bottle but it, Bordeaux extended. It's even longer than a Bordeaux bottle. Mm. And it's got nothing on the bottle at all, apart from a little, as Ben rightly says, like a little silver sheriff's badge. Yep. But yeah, as I was saying before, Durif is a great variety that was propagated by a guy called Dr. Durif, hence its name. And it's... Um, Where is it made? It was initially made in France, and its parents are Syrah, and I have to say, a great variety I'm not familiar with, Pelosa. Wow, mm. you're not familiar with yeah. the great master and mistress um, of wine. However, in Australia, it's very widely planted in the, like, the Riverina and Riverland area, which are kind of where you get more sort of value cheaper wines from, because you can crop it quite heavily, and it's still got these amazing colours and amazing flavours. It's, 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 what, it's berry, a big, berry nice. Yeah, it's that is, very it is, nice. That is big but look berries. at the... Uh, yeah, it's 14.5%. You're right. I think it should go very well... With lamb. With, with lamb. Should, yeah, or any big red meat. So a, mm. a you have steak red or beef. Jet. Do you have red yes. currant jet? Yeah, you do. I think you do. And I think this um, goes... You can, I you can have what you like. Yeah, I mean, I have mustard. mayonnaise if you want. Yeah, I have but, mustard, so. <laughs> but no, red currant jelly is something I traditionally have had in my family. Uh, for years, for years, <laughs> uh, it's also no, known as petisera nice. in America. Oh, okay. Yeah, that so petisera so in America, fruity and rich. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's just very fruity, very rich. Loads of black fruit. Let me taste it. Let's taste it. Yeah. Mm. That is really nice. It sticks around. I have to it? say, I would. Quite I jammy. That's a good gifting wine because it looks like it looks, it looks more, like the sheriff's badge gives it. If you yeah. like certain authority, authority, yeah. Ben. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, if you like big colour, big flavour, lots of fruit, but some smoothness. And this is aged on sort of oaks or chips and staves. So you get that lovely kind of oaky flavour. It's just a more affordable way to mm. make it oaked. And also, as an aside, when I used to be a buyer, I used to buy quite a lot of wines from Bob Burton, who owns Burton Vineyard with some other people. And he is one of the nicest men. He's such a nice bloke. So not only are the wines fantastic, but he is also a really nice guy. And in this area of Riverina, where you get quite a lot of Durif, there's another winemaker who's not Bob, called Sam, and his reg plate is one Durif. It's hilarious. You always know when Sam's around because he always recognises his truck. Flipping out. Oh, okay. I think they call them utes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Sam corrected. But ute. So they're my two more esoteric varieties for Easter. Brilliant. A ferment oh, I think that's good. Yeah. For those maybe who are abstaining this mm. year from lamb, given the increasing. Vegetarianism. Weird. Yeah, but, I mean, but anyway, no. this idea that you shouldn't because they're nice and fluffy and they're young. Well, no, it's more the fact that they're young. They've just, yeah. I mean, it's what, that's I mean? why people, I think, are a bit more. Oh, it's okay. Because it's had no kill old people, is it? Well, oh. yeah. Some oh, old right. people want to kill themselves and can't, Ben. I mean, killing well, old people, that's yeah, another yeah. debate <laughs> entirely. <laughs> Let's not get started on this. Silence but the, I think you'd make a case the over if you had to kill a child or an old person. <laughs> 
go. <laughs> well, I don't know. Depends how they're behaving. <laughs> well, I think yeah. they're very nice. Thank thanks, you, Sam. Thanks, Brilliant thanks, tasting. Thanks. Really enjoyed that. And uh, and it's put me in the mood, I'll tell you. Great. Uh, to listen to <laughs> A Legend of Liquor. And this week, it is Ben. In past podcasts, we have talked at some length about the American craft beer revolution that in turn inspired the craft boom, which we experience right here in this country right now. And we've talked about, do you remember Jack McAuliffe, the guy who started New Albion, who doesn't really get the uh, credit he deserves. We've also talked about Ken Grossman at Sierra Nevada, who... Great man. A great man who started the Sierra Nevada brewery out of White Shop back in the early 80s. In Chico. In Chico, great town. (laughs) God, I love Chico. Should we go back there, Ben? Oh, be amazing. But uh, this week, I want to talk about what probably the third legend of liquor related to the West Coast beer scene. The third point in the triangle. The the third leg on the stool. Uh, That's better than a triangle. Although we did shapes before. Yeah. Yeah, we've done triangle blog. My, my last legend of liquor was a triangle. <laughs> <It's> a triangle. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yeah, so let's make this for new talks. Oh, 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 hang on. Who's the horse? Uh, let's go back remember? to that triangle. Because Ben's yeah, no, 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 no. news just in. Isn't yeah, because um, no, uh, remember those two guys that approached me in a pub and listened oh, yes, to the yes, podcast? Yes, yes, yes. Guess what he was drinking? Oh, Bass, really? try And do you know why? Because you told he'd heard it about it, and he'd been telling the bartender what we've been talking yeah. about. So well, there we go. Yeah, it works. Oh, I like that. This it is works. happening. Brands with money. Yes. <laughs> we are influencing. We can shift points. Yeah. yeah. So there you are. But this uh, week, I want to talk about a man called Fritz Maytag, who is the guy that breathed life back into a brewing company in San Francisco called the Anchor Brewing Company. And basically, they were uh, one of the few breweries to remain open during Prohibition. They stayed open because they were making baking soda, in inverted commas, I think. So a bit like um, money laundering, when actually you're pretending you're like doing dry cleaning. I d- I'm not money. sure whether the, the, well, yeah, a lot of the, anything illegal was the, happening. The alcohol, they were selected, weren't they? They were yeah. allowed to stay open for oh, so chemical, medicinal yes. purposes. Yes. They were using they were, they were, so, methods so, to... Essentially, in the 50s, after the Second World War, there was this massive consolidation in the brewing world in America. All the big breweries like Pabst, Miller, Budweiser, all went round buying up all the little breweries. Because back in the 50s, after the Second World War, everyone was just wanting to buy American goods. The TV culture had started, TV dinners had started. People just wanted homogenous American brands. And so the beer sort of landscape became incredibly monochrome and sort of one-dimensional but anchor brewing in san francisco remained open but the beer was shit it was really really bad all the sort of small brewery beer was pretty bad as well uh, mainly because in california the weather was very hot so the beer spoiled now fritz maytag he's the son of a guy who he's part of a maytag family who made washing machines so he's from a very rich background he was just a lager drinker he didn't really drink beer wasn't really into beer but he sort of stumbled across this beer called Anchor Beer, which back then was slightly better than the other beers because, as he told me when we interviewed him, because San Francisco has its own little weather sort of climate there, it's a bit cooler than the rest of California. Microclimate, one A microclimate, say. exactly. Thank you. That meant that the Anchor Beer didn't spoil as quickly as, as the others. So it, it was, was cooler. It was cooler. And essentially, there was this brewery, it's ramshackle, it's run down. No, most people in San Francisco didn't even know it was still open. And he bought it. 
and he breathed life back into the brewery. This was in the 60s. He did nothing about beer at all. And then he started going to brewing conferences, speaking to other brewers. And at the same time, all of a sudden, people were becoming a bit more enlightened to better beer. And also with the Vietnam War, which a bit later, people were rejecting these big American brands. So bit by bit, he made the beer better. He moved the brewery to the Potrero district in San Francisco. And essentially, Anchor Steam Beer, which is still available today, is the beer that a lot of people say kick-started the craft brewing revolution along with Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And it's called Anchor Steam because people in San Francisco used to be able to see the open-air fermenters, the steam coming off the rooftop of the brewery. So can it's you called get it in Anchor. the UK? Yes, you it's can. It's been here for a while, it's hasn't been, it? It's one of those that, that and Pale Ale were one of the first ones to come across to the UK. This was sort of 20 years well, ago. Well, this was before, certainly before yeah. we were writing the early the Late 90s, guys. early 2000s. Yeah. And it's a really good beer. Also called California Common. He sold it in 2010, but he never, he didn't grow it that big. He had no intention of making it big, but they still use the open fermenters. They use whole hops. It's a really lovely beer. And he is a very kind of engaging guy. He's a very bright guy, isn't very he? Very bright guy, yeah. And he's also... He bamboozled us with weather stuff when we went yeah, to... Yeah, it's quite... We, yeah, about it was, it. we were a bit out of our yeah, depth. Yeah, mentioned isobars and the All like. Yeah. Yeah. No idea. But he also, also championed spirits as well. Yes, and he's... Craft he suffered, spirits. Yeah. And what's interesting when you look at the craft brewing scene in America and you watch the graph of success and how it's peaked over the last 30 years, craft distilling is following mm. the same pattern exactly... And he was there and he's, he launched a, a gin and a whiskey. And we were just saying earlier that old Potrero, which is his whiskey, is about to get an, a new lease of life. Berry Brothers are bringing that back here. Ah. So he's, he's got form across the whole drinks gamut, hasn't he, Ben? I don't know if he ever made any wine. No, uh, I don't think so. But I agree, he's a total ledge. He's amazing. And, it, and he reintroduced Anchor Steam and Bottle in 1971. And then not long after... A lot of competition came in, and that sort of saved it. But if he hadn't done it, then there wouldn't have been a kind of touchstone in terms of styles and, and the way to do it. So, I mean, he had the money to do it, which helped, mm. which yeah, is what yeah. Jack McAuliffe, who we talked about before, mm. he didn't have that luxury of a bit of family coin behind him. I think so, it helps as well in a city like San Francisco, oh, which is quite open-minded. So yeah, and they, they want to they I want love to San taste Francisco. It's a good town. It's a Love good it. town. And it's still there. The, the brewery's still running. <laughs> I thought you meant San Francisco. San Francisco's still yeah. there. Still Which there. has a lot of earthquakes. And it is on the West Coast, so it's a bit of an easy target. So yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed. Exactly. Earthquakes. Um, going yeah. on there, but it's still oh, there. Being part of the Institute of Masters of Wine, you get a lot of... Um, you can go on a lot of amazing trips a year that are largely supported by various sort of countries and institutes and whatnot. And... Um, being a full-time mother, I can't go to any of them. And the only one this year that I was absolutely gutted about, there's the most amazing trip to sort of Napa and all around, all around mm-hmm. the vineyards. And, um, yeah, I can't go. Why can't you just... Um... Take a six-year-old with me. How long are these trips? Uh, this one was quite a long one, at least a week. Mm. Mm. A week is pushing it, isn't it? Yeah. That's when you yeah. get into that territory. Yeah, it, was just, it was a shame because I just looked at it. I thought, oh, God, I'd love to go on there. We, no. we're about to turn down, we're yeah. about to turn down California. We're going to be are working... You? with a California beer in our show this year. Yeah, Lagunitas. We're working with Lagunitas. Oh, nice. Who, uh, yeah, really lovely beer. I'm going to come up and see you again this year. Good. Bank holiday. Are you still at the bank holiday weekend? Yep. No. Yeah. Are we going to no. be going? Oh. Oh. No, no we, we go on the Monday. But Monday we'll be there Saturday and the Sunday. But you'll be doing the show Saturday, Sunday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just do the last few shows, yeah. so it will, it will be pretty lackluster. Uh, but but we're, doing the, uh, we're doing the South Bank in less. London. 
on the 14th of April. 14th, oh God, is this, it's the 14th, so I'd say 14th of April, Underbelly, South Bank. Will we have oh. Lagunitas in that show? Maybe. Hopefully. Mm. Um, well, good. That's all sound brilliant. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so thank Fritz you, Maytag, go and buy the beer, Anchor Steam, and they do an Anchor Porter. They do a really good barley wine called Old Foghorn. They still do their small beer. That was all right as well. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's great go stuff. Thank you, Ben. Uh, thank you, Sam, for your tasting. Oh, I'm, you're welcome. I'm uh, mildly enhanced as a human being for drinking that um, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that listeners uh, we'll be back again next week with more drink ramblings thanks for listening and speak to you then cheers, cheers. bye this was a Grand Crew podcast from 7 Digital ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.